0: You're listening to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. Join us on Discord. Welcome to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jamin, and today we are hitting on a new movie that's in select theaters. Uh, it's actually been extended to be seen all the way into November 18th in some theaters, so make sure that you check it out for yourself if you can. It's called The Most Reluctant Convert, subtitle The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis, which... It's a little funny because C.S. Lewis tells a story in in one of his books <laughs> but you know you could still you could still check this out. A lot of people know C.S. Lewis specifically because of Narnia But then a lot of people, especially from the Christian side of things, knows that C.S. Lewis has written many, many books. I've got some of them right here behind me. Yeah, he's got the fiction like Narnia, and he's got uh, the sci-fi trilogy, Till We Have Faces, things like that. Uh, But he's also got a bunch of other books that is just some of the greatest Christian literature out there. I, I. I just got to say how it is. I'm sorry. Uh, when I first started really getting into to reading, C.S. Lewis was uh, like the cream of the crop for me. Like it was just the best of the best. And when it was over, I, I went through like all this stuff. I went even through like this giant book of just all of his essays in one place. I read everything short of his journal entries, which I have those books too. I just haven't read them yet. But I read all... All of that, because I was just so absorbed in it. And it was like, you know when one of your favorite uh, TV shows comes to an end, the series ends, and you're like, well, now what am I going to do? That's what it felt like for me with C.S. Lewis and reading his works. It's like, I don't want it to be over. Uh, but beyond that, I often found nothing else to really compare. And I've heard that, you know, whenever somebody, whenever a publisher really wants to push a, a new... Uh, a writer, they'll be like, he's said to be the C.S. Lewis of our time. And uh, you shouldn't do that because anyone who really likes C.S. Lewis, you go to read that stuff and you're like, nope, not even close. <laughs> C.S. Lewis has almost a, a, a poeticness to his writing, uh, which is just really rich and really beautiful, which makes sense because he especially wanted to be a poet for uh, much of his writing career, but none of his poetry really caught on. But uh, he's he's just got this cadence to his writing, like you can you can almost recognize it the moment that you hear it. it, it he's the king of run on sentences, <laughs> lots of just like it should be a period right here, but we're just gonna keep going with a dash and a comma and just keep the sentence going for a while. Uh, It feels like uh, Paul the Apostle, who sometimes does the same thing, where he just... Paul, dude, that was like one whole paragraph, but it was one sentence. Uh, C.S. Lewis sometimes does that. Uh, But it was just this, once you get to know his writing, you you can almost sense it when you see that. And I can uh, actually, as a good example, if you know C.S. Lewis and you like his writing, go find a, a Facebook group about C.S. Lewis. Because there's this interesting thing that happens a lot of times where people will post a quote from Lewis and be like, I just really love this quote. And you read it, and you're like, that doesn't even remotely feel like Lewis. <laughs> and then you'll go through the comments, and you see all these people be like, Lewis didn't say this. Lewis didn't say this. And it happens all the time, where Lewis just... Somebody else takes something that they really liked, and somewhere along the way, it got attributed to Lewis. And you're like, uh oh, no, that doesn't even have his like cadence, his rhythm, things like that. The movie, The Most Reluctant Convert, has the cadence. It has the rhythm. It has the quotes. And they've done a really, really good job of taking C.S. Lewis as a person, as a writer, as a poet, and just combining all of that into a really great movie. Uh, Like, there was even... So like in the Bible, there's, there's these moments where Bible writers will make allusions to other Bible passages all the time. They'll pull little quotes out here and there and you'll catch him like, wow, that's that's I know what he's referencing when he does that. I felt like this is kind of what the C.S. Lewis production did to C.S. Lewis. It was a a faithful kind of like allusion to all these different things that he said. If there was one part where I heard half a quote Uh, from something Lewis says, but then rather than finish the quote, it just added in more Lewis type writings and, and statements onto it. And so like, even in the writing, like, I'm like, I know what you were just alluding to right there. When you said that it was something along the lines of show me not the comforts of religion. Uh, and CS Lewis has a quote where he's like, talk to me not of the comforts of religion, or I will, uh, believe that you do not understand Christianity. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing there. But like they only used half that quote. And it's like, wow, you know, they just pulled that out and put it right into the dialogue and then pulled these other ones. So if you're looking for a movie that honors Lewis, that feels like Lewis, and that feels like somebody did their work to write faithfully about Lewis, this is one to check out. And I know this sounds weird, but... I am almost a hundred percent sure I saw the play <laughs> that this movie is based off of. I know that sounds strange. How can I be almost a hundred percent sure? It's because I haven't found anyone I know who can say that they were there with me. I'm like, did we didn't we see this? I I am almost positive, completely positive. That this play, The Most Reluctant Convert, came to Spring Arbor University when I was there for college, and it was just a one-man play, a guy up on the stage reading this whole monologue and uh, um, just doing this outstanding performance. I had never even seen a one-man play before this moment, and I just was captured in it the whole time at that point i didn't even know that much about c.s lewis i had read you know i'd seen the narnia movies and i had uh, read a grief no not a grief observed uh the problem of pain but outside of that like i hadn't really read much else and i was just captured by by this story so i think i saw this when it was a play all the more reason i think that is because the movie itself is it feels like, if a play, a monologue became a movie. And that does not sound like it would be an interesting movie at all. But they nail it. They they have uh, this guy playing C.S. Lewis. Um, he he starts off as though he's about to start reading a script. Like, it's a play. Everybody sees a play. They pull up the, the little uh, movie marker. You know, scene one, take one. And then the movie starts. But as soon as... Uh, the guy playing Lewis gets up and walks through a door. We then, instead of just watching a guy give a monologue, uh, we watch a guy almost mostly monologue for an hour and a half while all of his life stories playing around him. And it does cut from time to time to, uh, show a few actors playing different parts. It goes through C.S. Lewis's childhood. It goes through, uh, his involvement, uh, in the war. Uh, it goes through his, uh, Uh, the time when he went to live with this other guy who was super smart, learned under him for a while, and it just continues to follow his journey, even into meeting up with uh, uh, Tullers, as he calls them, but that's J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and has them hanging out. Uh, Tullers was the nickname that, that... Okay, just to pause for a moment. If you're not aware of a group called the Inklings it sounds like modern, it sounds like mythology or like modern day Avengers or something, but like Tolkien, Lewis, and then about several other famous or well-known people throughout history used to get together in a bar every night and kind of read their, the stuff that they were working on. They'd read it to one another and then they'd all kind of give input on it. So uh, they all like had these nicknames for one another. They'd hang out with one another. Like they were friends, very close friends. Well, for the most part, it, drama occasionally happens, but, uh, C.S. Lewis went by the name Jack. That's what everybody knew him as. And Tolkien, uh, would be referred to as Toller's, uh, things like that. So it was just a uh, it's interesting, like in this movie, they grab all that and they don't even like explain it. They just want to submerge you right in Jack's life, if you will. Uh and, and kind of show you a, a look at, at what it's like. But the main focus of the entire movie is C.S. Lewis's faith. That he starts off growing up in a Christian household, doesn't care that much about Christianity. Uh and then kind of turns away from it following a very uh enlightened worldview until he is logically convinced of the grounds for for uh uh the existence of god and that kind of like he this is where the like reluctant convert piece comes in like he he doesn't want to and yet he knows that he has to because the idea of God makes complete sense to him and he can't get it out of his mind. Uh, But along the way, he's been influenced by other writings of people such as G.K. Chesterton. But of all, George MacDonald, like this was like C.S. Lewis's author, writer, hero. George MacDonald was, uh, uh, he, he wrote lots of literature um, but he he had a way of bringing this almost Narnia feel like fiction. you can see where Lewis is pulling it from uh, and writing these kind of fairy tales Fantasties was the one that uh, um, that Lewis was first um, first learning about McDonald and George MacDonald And Lewis actually has an entire book of quotes about George MacDonald. Uh, where he just takes all of his favorite favorite McDonald quotes and made an entire book of it. Which is ironic because now we take a bunch of C.S. Lewis quotes and we've made a bunch of books of those. But uh, uh, you can see like, oh, Lewis was already reading these things. He enjoyed all the stuff that they were putting together but he didn't really care for their Christian background until he's convinced that God is real. And now he's got to figure out, okay, so God's real, but which God is it? And he logically kind of goes through that and starts pursuing religion through that. And it's through the help of people like Tolkien and others who help bring him the whole distance to Christianity, where he finally cements himself. And in his Christian faith, he's just so honest about uh, so much of what he's going through. I mean, he writes these uh, beautiful books Uh, and beautiful is a weird word, but like these agonizingly beautiful books where he's talking about the grief that he's going through and he's just writing it raw and honestly, but you see him keep his faith throughout it. It feels like a modern day Job when he's writing these, these books of, of pain, because throughout it, you still rise up. It's like a Psalm, you know, in the in the poetry of the Psalms, there will be these really dark moments where the psalmist will be like, God, where are you? But by the end of the psalm, it's always, but I'll stay faithful to you nonetheless. And and Lewis has that kind of honesty, that kind of rawness. And, you know, we celebrate him today for that, that kind of uh, uh, writing, but people back then, when he was uh, uh, actually writing these books, like some people hated him. <laughs> think of a, a divisive person today, maybe like, um, well, let's not name names. It never gets nice. But think of someone in the church who's very divisive that you're like, you know that what they're writing, even if you disagree with some stuff, like it's it's not evil. It's not bad. And it's very powerful because it's raw and honest and real. And then imagine the other half of the world kind of screaming that this person's a heretic and all that. That's somewhat of a way in which Lewis was treated. We might celebrate him today, uh, but they didn't love him back then. And that's that's kind of a prophetic nature in writing, right? I mean, the prophets throughout the Bible, they, uh, they weren't necessarily celebrated in their time. Jesus said that lots of the prophets were killed. I sent you prophets and yet you killed them, right? Well, we celebrate them today. We celebrate the prophets today for the wonderful words that they said, and they help us stay aware of the injustices we commit, and to think better and more godly about life, uh, yet the people of the time who heard them hated them. And C.S. Lewis had some of those kind of uh, prophetic moments where he'd speak into things and people didn't love it. one, For example, one of the things that you see come up in his uh, writing here and there was uh, the mistreatment of animals becoming kind of like science projects, that if we're going to treat animals like this, uh, then we're not treating creation justly and fairly. One of the ways you see that is in his uh, chronologically the first book of Narnia, uh, The Magician's Nephew, where you see this uh, wizard slash scientist doing experiments on a uh, like a hamster, something like that, and just having no concern uh, what happens, even if it blows up or it's portaled away through this weird magic and doesn't come back, things like that. So uh, C.S. Lewis had ways of dropping in these little prophetic hints of of justice themes that he cared about, uh, just as Tolkien had these themes of like environmentalism throughout his his books and like making us aware through the ints that that. Uh, nature is important, that this is creation, things like that. So you had Lewis kind of doing something similar with animals and, and stuff like that. Um, but just all things considered, this movie uh, feels authentic, not just authentic to Lewis, but it also feels authentic to um, to the kind of writing and rawness and honesty that Lewis had in his his books. That's not something you can always find in uh, <laughs> Christian media, right? Uh, you know, there's always a question as to what really makes media Christian in the first place, but man, you, you see the movies that get put out and it's not all bad. There's some Christian media out there where you're like, wow, they, they really they really captured that. But when it comes to like being real and raw and honest with uh, what we're actually dealing with in life, a lot of times that kind of gets downplayed. Like, oh, it's no problem. You can just overcome that. Oh, through the help of Jesus, don't worry about it. Why are you grieving? Don't be sad. Jesus will make you happy. Uh, That's Or or even in a persecution um, side of things, right? Like, oh, you're being persecuted? Well, stand up for your rights and take it back. Those bad people out there don't know anything about what you're talking about. Uh, they don't understand Jesus. And if you stand up, Jesus will, will break through with power. You know, it's just this kind of stuff where you're like, yeah, this feels very scripted. Whereas this Lewis movie did not, you know, we start with the guy who's on the outside and we watch him as God slowly works through his life throughout decades to bring him to the inside of Christianity And uh, even for Lewis, like, it's so slow that, like, he doesn't even know when it happens. This quote I've always loved from him is like, he's, I was on my way to the zoo and I do not know when I became a Christian. I only know when I got on the bus beforehand, I was not. And when I got off after, I was. And like, again, I'm paraphrasing, but like that, that was Lewis's salvation story. And a lot of Christian media wouldn't even like give space for that. It would just be like this: like gotta win them over through logic and um, the most amazing ways. And yet, Lewis is like a slow learner, uh, a slow logician to bring in all the logic. Logician is that a word? Logician? Think it's a word. Maybe not. A slow logic learner piecing all the pieces together. Dealing with his emotions, dealing with all this stuff and and telling the whole story. And it's not the whole story of Lewis. You know, there's plenty more that they could have got into um, that they didn't. But in an hour and a half, uh, it is a great tale. And it was one of someone coming out of atheism to Christianity that is well worth a listen to. And uh, I think, I think helpful too. I feel like this movie would be helpful to someone who uh, has no interest in Christianity because of the rawness and realness to it, uh, Lewis doesn't just, like, come in completely out of emotion, nor does he come in completely out of logic, nor does he come in because he wants to. Like, he comes into Christianity <laughs> reluctantly, which is actually in in his own words, even though uh, it's the title of the movie is Pulling Straight from Lewis. So if you're looking for a good movie that feels like Lewis is good media that happens to be about Christianity, this is a good one. It was good as a play, which I'm almost 100% sure I saw, and it is good as a <laughs> as a movie. Now, I, I am a, uh, I guess I would say bit of a Lewis nut. I love C.S. Lewis. I even made an 80-minute album uh, that was a experimental electronica music journey through the seven books of Narnia that was one of my that's probably still my favorite musical project I've ever worked on it's completely instrumental but it's trying to tell little pieces of of the Narnia stories throughout all seven of the books you can grab that you can listen to it stream it for free wherever you Spotify or wherever you like to stream um But that's how much I love C.S. Lewis, is that I made one of my favorite musical albums about him. But I am not a Lewis scholar, nor am I, I hate to say it, uh, pretentious enough to, to be to that degree. That's not the case with all Lewis scholars, but there are some who just, like, study Lewis so intensely that, like, you know, calling him by his first name Jack which isn't even his first name, Clive Staples Lewis, uh, but calling him Jack and, and you know, trying to, uh, well, technically this, this kind of the comic book guy from the Simpsons trying to, well, let me tell you, uh, I'm not, I'm not to that level, um, but I love C.S. Lewis. So you'd have to talk to a Lewis scholar. If you want to see like how uh, close and legitimate every last scene throughout this movie is Uh, But I am at least enough of a Lewis nut that like, having not read the books in in a little while, I still recognized all of the pieces in the movie, uh, or at least almost all the pieces in the movie from what I have read. So I would say that was a fairly uh, faithful representation and did a perfect job at trying to map that into a, a medium that... Honestly, worked really well for it. I mean, as soon as it's available, I'll be grabbing a copy and, and watching it with my friends. So with that being said, well worth the shot. I would recommend it your way. Uh, great job to the producers of this, making it throughout COVID. If you go see it in theaters, uh, go to the webpage CS... Uh, cslewismovie.com, and you can look up right there where to go. Uh, Just a heads up, there is about a 10 to 15 minute-ish making of the movie right before the movie airs. At least there was at the one I saw. Maybe it won't be at yours. Uh, I I don't want to say like... (laughs) Like I told my brother, apparently they tell you how they make the whole movie right beforehand. My brother's like, oh, spoiler alert. You know, he becomes a Christian or (laughs) he's not alive anymore. So by the end, like he passes away. I don't know. And uh, um, yeah, they, they do show a bunch of scenes from the movie, like elongated scenes from the movie making it. It's actually very cool, very informative. But if you really don't want any spoilers... That making of, if it happens to be before your showing, it's going to take a pretty good look at some of the stuff you're going to get into. So, heads up on that. But otherwise, uh we'd love to hear if you saw it and what you learned from it. Join our Durst Discord. I was going to say Nerd, and then I almost said Discord, and so it came out Durstcord. Join our Nerd Church Discord, the 1208 Bit Nerd Church Discord. Down in the info on this episode, you will find a link to join. And we would love to hear uh, your take on the movie. You saw it. What stood out to you? Uh, What parts did you really love? Have you read Lewis before? Where did you think this movie was super faithful to it? Is there any part where it felt like a little love? Uh, We'd love to hear your input and uh, uh, just enjoy the movie together and chatting about it on the podcast section of our Discord page. So we will see you there and then we'll catch you Monday online or in person from 5 30 to 9 o'clock come and go at your own convenience uh we'll catch you then for nerd church and hey once you're on the discord check out the announcements channel we've got some special christmas horrible b movies coming up that we can all enjoy making fun of together on tuesday nights (laughs) it's it's a lot more fun than it sounds we'll see you then